It's Hank from the Wallflower Bee Farm. I'm not even doing the intro today because I'm just absolutely saddened by the state of what's really happening among beekeepers all over the world where we're so hung up on our own little way of doing things. We won't let people voice opinions or speak or share. They stop sharing. And I've, I've, I've learned since I've started this, there's a lot of closet beekeepers who don't want to talk to anybody because they're afraid of what other people will say or judge them. And I'm just going to talk about the politics and censorship at the treatment-free sort of group idea. And we could expand that to other areas. It's very important when solving a problem to look at cross-situational or cross-disciplinary uh, opinions or practices. For example, in my previous career as a psychologist working with concussions and people who don't survive concussions in the sense of they don't recover, a very small percentage of people don't recover and we don't know why. We started asking all kinds of questions, including how our hormone system works. And so when you ask someone in that world and you say, I'm, I'm looking at concussions and I want to understand more about hormones, they will say things like, well, talk to a neurologist because hormones have nothing to do with concussions and that's not true of course but the people in that field don't know that because they don't cross discipline study what's happening and i won't get into the details but if we get to beekeeping recently my personal experience was i was uh wanting to post something on infrared i joined the treatment free beekeepers group just to learn about things and post the odd thing they didn't like they said i couldn't post my swarm video because i was self-promoting of some sort i don't know what that meant they they and it was they didn't like the link okay fine and then when i wanted to put something up about um, um infrared light and, and honeybees and the project we're doing we're trying to get that remote um infrared unit created so i can research and tested on different bees um, they wanted to see peer-reviewed research yeah, like like okay so it's not a uh, peer-reviewed journal by the way peer-reviewed journals means that someone in the field reads an article before it's published to decide if it's worth publishing that's an important word worth publishing and we know from our history of the past three years of the pandemic, there was a very selective peer-reviewed process going on. I mean, I ask questions like, why is it that people in India who aren't getting vaccines are not all gone off the planet? Like, just, I'm asking that question. I also asked a question about what happens to you when you get COVID? Because I had COVID early, very early. And uh, I went ahead and got vaccinated, just so you know my background. And, and I said, well, what does all that mean? And, and as soon as you ask that question, you would get either censored, kicked off or whatever. So, and I know of healthcare professionals who have lost or are, might lose their licenses because they ask similar questions. A physician who said, um, what happens to my clients or my patients who have had COVID? Do they have antibodies? That means they shouldn't give them a vaccine. Oh my gosh. But let's get away from that thing. Let's just talk about beekeeping. So when someone says to me, you know, it has to be peer reviewed. I said, wait, now I'll give you a little background. Right now I'm reading Charles Darwin, The Origin of Species. And this was, if you want to think about something that, and, and I got this from my sons for, for Father's Day, thank, thanks to my kids. And it, it's an amazing book. I, should, I, I can only read five or 10 pages a day because it's full of 
you know, Darwin's observations and his pulling things of different books that have been written. And, you know, he uses an example of he, he digs up a small piece of land, he throws some seed on it, and he counts the weeds. <laughs> okay? And from that, he comes up with these theories that we now, and this was written in 1859. And, and frankly, I don't think any of this was peer-reviewed, Mr. Treatment-Free Beekeeper, Gatekeeper. But it's world-changing research. I go out every day and I'm, like, I'm certainly, don't, I'm not even trying to say I'm even spoken in the same breath as these folks, but I go out every day and I watch bees. I also watch hours at the entrance to the hive we have the video cam on. I don't know anything. All I know is what I see. So I say that. I say, I saw this today or I saw that today. Maybe we can learn from it. I don't know, but it's not peer reviewed and I have no interest in doing peer reviewed political research. I just want to do what I see is necessary. And I think everybody should do that. Everybody should. Here I am giving you this. Uh, when, I, when I think about the rates in Nova Scotia of uh, bee loss, I think it was the lowest province in the country, like 15%. You say, well, why? How? You know, if you've been out to Nova Scotia, I spent a lot of time out in Nova Scotia. It's a tough world. I mean, they have weeks of rain. They have cold. They, there's not a lot of wildflowers in a lot of places where the bees are surviving. And what does Nova Scotia not have that we have in Ontario and Manitoba and Alberta? They don't have any organized cash crops. You don't see a lot of soybeans and cornfields around here. You do see uh, a lot of trees and forests and so on. So maybe the question should be asked, you know, why has Nova Scotia had such a low rate of death over the winter, even though it's brutal out here? Most humans don't want to live near the ocean, let alone bees. And, and what is going on? It's like my question on Cuba that many people ignore, especially the other side. When I mention Cuba, they go, well, yeah, you don't understand. You have to treat every two weeks for, for mites. Well, maybe you do. But here's my question. You can't keep bees locked up like other animals. So even though you do lab research and you do all this peer-reviewed stuff, in the end, the bees go do their thing. Now, you can't control all the variables. And, and so you can't control everything. What you can do is watch and listen and report on that. And maybe we can learn from that. So the politics and the censorship, and I'm not talking about Inappropriate. I mean, I ban people from my sites as soon as they get negative. I don't want to hear negative. I want to hear solutions or observations that can be helpful. But when it comes to the treatment-free Facebook page, I mean, there are parts of the world it would go very well because there is serious censorship. And I'm sure it's the same on the other side as it is in every aspect of life. And that's why we're stuck. That's why bees are dying. And people the other day, you'll find that if you're not from Canada, you'll find this hilarious. People were complaining because there was a swarm of bees in Ottawa. And the swarm was so large, they broke a little branch on a tree. Oh, my gosh. That was a news item on the national news. Bees or hurt tree and swarm. Well, first of all, if you want to put bees on the rooftops of hotels, the chances are they're going to swarm. And secondly... Where are they going to find food on the top of a rooftop of a hotel? Let's be clear. They're not, they're not the bees, the similar type of bees adapting on our 50-acre farm that have 
flowers from April until frost in late October or November. It's a different world. So instead of trying to generalize, meaning take one result in a lab or one result in a treatment-free world and, or one result in a livestock world and say, this is what you all have to do. Um, and, and I guess the final straw for me was the dig, the post, there was a post that said they wouldn't accept any more opinions that were, weren't, you know, research peer-reviewed like Seeley's work. My God, Seeley's like the Charles Darwin of bees. For years, he went out to the forests of New York and proved, proved that bees survive without treatment in Ithaca, New York. Bottom line. Yeah, a lot of them initially got nailed with varroa mites, but guess what? They adapted in New York without any human intervention, without any stupid peer-reviewed research. So, how do you, so instead of discussing that and critically looking at it and say, how did, how did that happen in New York? How did, you know, the, the, the thousand bee uh, commercial operation in Texas without treatment, how do they do it? How do the people in Cuba survive without treating for varroa mites? What is, what's going on? No, we're going to ban and censor that if you're on the livestock side. If you're on the treatment-free side, you're not even going to consider infrared light as maybe helping bees that are getting nailed with pesticides if you want to have bees living in areas with agriculture. I don't know if that's going to work. I, don't, I haven't got a clue. All I'm trying to say is be careful. And I want beekeepers. I mean, I, I talked to someone the other day and she said to me, she's afraid to ask too many questions for fear of reprisal from all the different types of beekeepers. Like, seriously, get with it. Get, 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 relax a little bit. You don't know much. I don't know anything. But if you want to throw a PhD around, let's talk statistics. You want to talk advanced statistics, treatment-free beekeeper guy, let's do that. Otherwise, just shut up. Let people post. Let them explain what's happening, regardless of how you, know, you feel it may be inappropriate or not relevant to your cause. Or just put a disclaimer. We censor everything unless you agree with me. I'm Hank for Wildflower Bee Farm. Looking forward to sharing more positive podcasts in the future, but you knew I had to throw this one down. Have a great day. To learn more about how honeybees can help you in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. Investlikeahoneybee.com.